Hey gang, we've talked a lot about different ways to monetize live streaming and podcasting over the years, but one thing we've never talked about is podcasting for the federal government. Well, we've got a great guest today, Tim Bryan. He's doing it. He's bringing podcasting uh, into the federal government, hosting and producing podcasts and making the case for why it is such a valuable tool for internal communication and some podcasts he's doing as well are for the general public. He's got his own uh, line of podcasts as well. The flagship show is the Create Art Podcast. Tim is here. Let's do a show. Let's do a show right now. Hey gang, welcome to Brand On Broadcasting. I'm Ross Brand. Today's show is brought to you by Livestream Universe. Check it out for all things live streaming, livestreamuniverse.com. It's been a while since we've done an interview on Brand On Broadcasting, uh, but this is definitely an area that is completely uncharted territory for this or any of my other shows. We're talking today about podcasting for the federal government believe it or not the federal government has a lot of different podcasts and our guest today is going to tell us all about it he's been doing it he is a podcaster's podcaster he's got uh i think six shows he's doing for the government three he's doing on his own time and he's a speaker at some of the different podcast events we were both together speaking at Joe Pardo's Independent Podcaster Conference in uh, Philadelphia just a few weeks back, and he gave a talk about so many interesting aspects of the federal government that I just was completely unaware of, and I think, of course, for, for Brandon Broadcasting, it's the podcasting aspect that is fascinating, um, the opportunity that's there, the opportunity he's created for himself and others, and the good that he's doing with his podcast. So let's bring him on. He's Timothy Kimo Bryan, or Tim Bryan, as I've known him for several years. Uh, as I mentioned, the Create Art Podcast, createartpodcast.com is where you can find him. Tim, welcome to Brandon Broadcasting. Ross, this is fantastic to be here. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, welcome to uh, the Chemo's Den of Iniquity, my man cave, my <laughs> studio. Uh, we do everything right here. <laughs> well, that's that's incredible. Um, I, I want to ask you, before we get into podcasting for the, the federal government, this isn't your first rodeo with podcasting. Tell us how you got into it and uh, kind of what what made it such a passion for you. Well, Ross, um, I got into podcasting way back in 2006. Uh, you know, so a, a lot of people go, hey, you're one of the OGs. Uh, but I got to say that I didn't quite know what I was doing in 2006. And it took me until 2016 to kind of figure out I was doing it wrong. If you can do podcasting wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever heard that before, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Well, I, I ran into a good friend of ours, uh, Kyle Bondo, mm. and uh, he was running a meetup here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, where I moved to. And I, I sat in, I attended the classes, and I figured out how to do podcasting with the audience in mind. 
because I was just doing it to put stuff out there. And I was like, yeah, you know, what, whatever goes. Uh, but he really changed that for me. And uh, then we, uh, he took me to my first uh, podcast conference uh, in uh, D.C. Uh, I had uh, neck surgery. Uh, I don't recommend this for anybody. Don't go to neck surgery. Don't do neck surgery. And then two weeks later, attend a podcast conference. It's no good. Uh, but then I think we met you uh, the very next year at um, MapCon, uh, Joe Pardo's, uh, uh, um, uh, his conference. And it's just taken off since then. Um, and in 20, uh, uh, 2019, uh, I got a job with uh, my current employer right now, uh, Custom Border Protection. And we started doing podcasts with them in about uh, 2021. What's interesting, I, I remember your speech really well from back uh, in 2019 because you talked about just what you said when you when you met up with Kyle. You talked about relating to an audience and how you communicate to an audience. The words you choose can make a big difference in building that connection. Um, can you give us like a, a quick summary of how uh, a podcaster, live streamer, YouTuber can think about communicating with their audience? Oh, absolutely. Well, you want to communicate, at least I feel, to communicate with one person at a time. So in this live stream that we have right now, there's you, there's me, and I have an avatar that I am talking to. I'm talking to that one person, and that's not to fool anybody but that's just to make it more intimate because uh podcasting is very intimate you know we're going in people's ears all the time uh with youtube uh which i'm delving into youtube and live streaming uh, i'm delving into it so i you know praise be to you behind <laughs> that, uh, i i take the same approach we're talking with one person whether it's actually a thousand people a hundred thousand people or if it is just one person if we're just talking to mom we're making that intimate connect, intimate connection with them, and I, I think doesn't matter live stream, you know, podcaster or YouTuber. We're all doing the same thing because I know for me, when I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm not watching it with a group of people. I'm watching it on my own. So right, right. Well, uh, let's get to the federal government because this is really exciting. What you're you're doing, you have six podcasts. You started a seventh and then turned that over to other people. You're hosting one of them. Um, give us an overview first of all of the type of podcasts you're doing and um, what you think the value of um, podcasts are for the federal government and its employees and alumni and and, and folks like that. Absolutely. So um, I work in uh, in a offshoot of HR and uh, we deal with uh, the resilience of our employees and all of our programs deal with some aspect of resilience. We've broken it down into uh, nine, I'm sorry, eight different uh, domains of resilience. I'm not going to go through those with you, but um, the podcast that I do, uh, there's one uh, it's, and it's available externally. Uh, it's called the uh, CBP Suicide prevention podcast. I know I keep it simple. I learned that from uh, our, our good friend, uh, Dave, uh, Hall of Fame, Dave right, Jackson. Right. Dave, you owe me a hundred dollars for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I keep the names really super simple because you want to know what it's about. So we have the suicide uh, awareness and prevention podcast. 
Um, and also externally, we have the uh, uh, Living in Recovery podcast. Now, the Suicide uh, Prevention and uh, Suicide Awareness and Prevention podcast, it deals with people telling their stories of, you know, uh, their experiences with suicide. Um, we have some people that are survivors. We have some people that are supervisors of people that have uh, committed suicide, uh, family members that have uh, committed suicide. And we uh, we actually have, uh, and this is a great story of uh, the guy that uh, is behind this, besides me. Um, back in 2021, uh, I was uh, having my yearly review. And uh, my boss, my boss's boss was doing the review with me and she said, hey, Tim, you're the podcast guy, right? You keep on talking podcasts. Right. And uh, she's like, I got a guy that we just hired. He's a suicidologist. I'd never heard of what a suicidologist is. Who, who knew? And uh, he was former Air Force and I'm former Air Force. So I said, yeah, let me talk to the guy. He was huge into podcasts and he said, we need to get this podcast out there because Customs and Border Protection, we do have a problem with suicides. Um, you know, we have agents out in the field 24-7, and they're, you know, they're, they're dealing with the things that they see out on the border and with just normal life issues uh, that, that happen to, that can happen to anybody. And so we went ahead and put out that podcast. The reason we put it out externally is because a lot of our agents, they don't have the luxury of having their work laptop. My work laptop right. is right here, you know, so I, I'm fine. I can, you know, watch internal stuff till I'm blue in the face, but our agents don't have that ability, but what can they do? They can go on to Spotify. They can go on Apple podcasts. Uh, Google podcasts is leaving, but um, right. they can go on to YouTube and they can get this information and um, they can uh, not feel so alone out there they can go oh yeah you know this person went through something like that and they use the services that cbp provides and um, we've been able i don't want to say that the podcast is solely responsible for this but i want to say that it has made it available to more people in our agency so that they that way they can get to it and get the information that they need and our suicide rate has dropped significantly um in 2023 so we were having to 20 a year which one a year is too much uh, and i think we are at if i remember right four or five which again is too many don't get me wrong i'm not you know yay woo 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 but we have had a impact on those numbers and uh, we're continuing uh, with doing it that way. So that's the suicide prevention one. Uh, the other one that people can get to is living in recovery. Yeah. And tell us about that one. That one. Uh, I, uh, so I produce the suicide uh, prevention and I also produce the living in recovery one. And I was actually a guest on one of them. Um, Due to the nature of uh, our jobs, uh, especially our agents, uh, they're out in the field all the time. Alcohol is an issue. Uh, and uh, people, you know, uh, they get worried that if they say, hey, I need a hand, you know, I need to go to a 12-step group or I need to, you know, uh, get some time off and get this uh, taken care of. Or if they have a family member that is uh, going through that issue. This podcast is for them to let them know that, first and foremost, we want to keep you as an employee. 
you know, it, we're, we're a family atmosphere. You know, it, we, we call ourselves brothers and sisters, and it's not that we just throw it out there. We actually mean it. Um, and we, uh, we, we, we put this out there to give people some hope, to give people some resources. I was actually on it because I come from a family of alcoholics. <laughs> And, uh, I do, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, mom, dad, alcoholics, um, and, uh, other people in my life were alcoholics and that impacted me. So I went ahead and I went through a 12 step program myself to better help me, uh, relate to them. Um, now, you know, my mom and dad have passed away long ago, but I have other people in my life that are, uh, you know, active alcoholics and it helped me to tell my story and other people uh, in CBP have reached out to me and they said, hey, thanks for telling me that because I've been through that too. And, you know, giving them the uh, resources that they need uh, for it uh, has helped them out tremendously. The big thing is we want to keep, we want our family, which is about 66,000 people, um, give or take a few, uh, we want that family to stay together. Um, if, if for no other reason, it's tough to bring people into the federal government, A. Right. But B, you know, we're working so closely together, uh, it, it, especially in the pandemic era that we we're just coming out of, that we've, yeah, we're doing a lot of things, uh, you know, on screens and whatnot. But we're making those connections and we're helping people out with their, not just their work life but with their home life as well. And that's, that's our major focus for uh, all the podcasts that I produce for CBP. And so if somebody wants to listen to that episode where you're a guest, I put the link to the podcast living in recovery, uh, mm -hmm. in the, uh, YouTube description. It'll also be in the show notes of the, of the podcast, as well as, uh, some of the other links Tim has shared with me. Okay, so now you've got you've got four podcasts that you're producing that are behind uh, know, paywall isn't the right term, but you, you need to log in. You need to be an employee or have a login with um, Customs and Border Protection if you yeah. want to listen to those. Um, are you able to talk at all about what those shows are about and kind of you know give us uh, you know the headline about each one or Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and the reason they're not external just yet is, uh, well, <laughs> federal government, we, we move slow. Right, <laughs> we right. move slow. This is not, you know, hey, get rich tomorrow. This is, uh, I, I've seen a lot of talks uh, with uh, other podcasters at other conventions and whatnot. They say, you know, it, it takes three years to be an overnight success. Right, with the federal right. government, it's taken me 11 <laughs> So that gives you an idea of this is not the, you know, you're going to do this quick. It's going to take some time. There's a lot of luck involved and all that. Uh, but for the four others uh, that uh, I work on, uh, we have uh, one that's called uh, uh, Healthier. Uh, well, it's for Healthier CBP, uh, My Health and Fitness Journey. Right. And that talks about uh, employees uh, doing a healthy lifestyle, uh, changing their diet, more physical activity, and just what that has done for them and the resources big th i'm huge on resources uh with that um another one is called recovery conversations that one is uh linked to uh living in recovery uh but it is uh it is hosted by 
two members uh, that are actually in recovery. And they're talking about their struggles. They're talking about, uh, you know, when they came uh, to their uh, to their uh, bosses and how they have actually thrived uh, right. while going through recovery and how CBP hasn't kicked them to the curb because they're going through recovery. We've embraced them. We said, okay, we know that this is an issue for you. Let's make it happen. You know, let's do what we can do. Uh, so that one uh, we have, uh, we also have our uh, employee assistance program, which is one that um, I actually host because my program manager that uh, is in that division, uh, she's scared of microphones. So <laughs> mine doesn't bite, but you know, I, I get it. Not everyone likes to hear the sound of their voice or uh, look at, you know, we're, we're, two, we're two handsome men here, obviously. So <laughs> you obviously. Don't, it goes uh, without saying. Without saying, but you know, um, so she, she doesn't enjoy that, but that's okay because what she does is she provides the guests, she provides the question, and she provides the marketing internally for it. So that's fine. You know, I, I'm great with that. All I got to do is show up, ask questions, be fun, turn on the mic, record, turn mm -hmm. off the mic, and we're good to go. Uh, and then we have our veteran uh, service program podcast, which is aimed at our veterans uh, internally in uh, CBP. And I apologize. I'm using a lot of acronyms, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do a, uh, a PDF for everybody. At okay. the end. <laughs> we can attach that to the podcast. <laughs> so the important ones are C CBP is customs and border protection. Mm -hmm. I, I in my head I was saying patrol where the P is, but it's Customs and Border Protection, and oh, DHS is Department of Homeland Security, and mm -hmm. CPB is a part of DHS. Correct. Yep. Uh, DHS is um, and ABC is easy like one two three. You know, I, it's a great song. I have it on vinyl here. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> But yeah, uh, the uh, the uh, Veteran Support Program, a VSP uh, podcast, uh, that is all about uh, veterans and veteran issues that they have uh, when they uh, when they join CBP, and we will deal with the Veterans Administration, making sure that they have all their benefits, they get all their leave that they're entitled to, that um, their uh, pension comes over to CBP, so that way when they retire from CBP which is huge for me because I'm a program manager for financial wellness. So I want to make sure that everyone's getting their money uh, when they finally leave us. Um, and, and just kind of a camaraderie of uh, people that, uh, you know, veterans can, we can spot each other pretty easily. And we have our own language that we don't use any vowels. We use all acronyms. So uh, when, uh, when we're, you know, when you see Kyle and I talking at, at a uh, podcast conference, you're not going to know what we're saying. No, I, I would need a translator. Exactly. <laughs> We've got a dictionary for you. Not a problem. <laughs> so um, let's let's turn to kind of how you were able to get to podcasting. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, somebody knew that you were a podcaster because you've talked about it. And mm -hmm. when the time came, so it's good to talk about podcasting and the content that you create at times with at work, because obviously businesses are more and more and government and nonprofits integrating podcasting and video and different tools into their outreach, uh, either internally 
their outreach, their internal outreach, uh, mm-hmm. internal marketing, internal communications, and support for their employees or uh, to the general public. Um, so when that that person brought it up to you, was it just a smooth ride from there? Or did you have to go to a lot of meetings and do a lot of selling on from there? Like that was just the day one of, of a long process. Exactly. Well, it, it took me um, about 10 years to get to that meeting. Right, right. Um, and, and, and the big thing is, uh, I, especially when the pandemic hit, um, one of the things that I would do for all of my uh, co-workers is I would uh, do a daily uh, podcast recommendation. And it mostly it dealt with resiliency topics, uh, healthy eating, uh, healthy mindsets. And during the pandemic that, you know, they, those were a dime a dozen. They, those podcasts were all over the place. So it was easy pickings to toss that to uh, to my coworkers for their different programs. And so I got known to be the podcast guy at CBP. Uh, people that I hadn't even met knew about me because everyone would say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, you want to hear a podcast about um, competitive Rubik's cubing? Call up Tim; he'll find it for you. And then I would call up Dave Jackson and go, "Hey, Dave, again, Dave, another hundred dollars, please. Thank you." Uh, <laughs> I would, you know, I would find those kind of podcasts for them, and uh, so they knew that I was huge into podcasting. That I produced my own podcast, um, and and it, it it took that long to sell it to them because. A lot of people in uh, CBP, we are what I call top heavy. So we have a lot of people that are going to be retiring in probably the next five to 10 years. Uh, So they're not technically savvy. So when they hear podcasts, they go, uh, first, what's a podcast? (laughs) Don't don't even mention live streaming to them because then they're Uh like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's way more advanced. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're dealing with uh, that kind of a mindset and it's a slow moving thing. And that can be good or bad, you know, d- depending on uh, what you're talking about. I think with podcasting, it's good that it's a little bit slower in the federal government because we want to make sure that uh, everything that we're uh, all the resources and uh, all the things that we're doing for our employees they, we have to follow all these rules, all this red tape, all this bureaucracy in order not to harm our employees. And then when we put it out to the public, that's another layer of bureaucracy that we have to go through because we're dealing with a uh, public affairs division. Mm-hmm. Every agency has a public affairs division. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, when I, we were at that uh, conference and I was talking about is a way to get into this kind of stuff is to look at your public affairs division pages because they're always public facing. Uh, the government has Facebook uh, pages, uh, Twitter or X pages, Instagram pages. Uh, we have all of that. And we even have podcasts too that a lot of people don't even know about. So we're doing it, but we're doing it very slowly, very carefully. And uh, the reason being is because it's, it, Tim is going to, you know, probably retire in 10, 15 years. And I have a plan for when I do, and we'll get involved. We'll talk about that. Uh, But there's going to be people there that are coming into the federal government that are going to take on the role that I, uh, that I do. 
And so it's not, you know, a, just a flash in the pan. We do one thing and then we go away. There's going to be other people that take up the mantle, that take up the flag, whatever it is uh, for the agency. And it has to be something that is going to be long lasting and is going to be beneficial to the public. And again, not harm the public. That's the last thing we want to do is some, you know, is have somebody listen to the uh, suicide prevention uh, podcast and go, Oh, that's a great idea. I think I'm going to go ahead and unalive myself. Now we want to give resources. We want to be up to date with the resources. Uh, some of the uh, older episodes we do need to update. Uh, and that came before uh, 988. Uh, came out uh, you know there's the national suicide hotline and now you have 988 so we need to update those and uh yeah but um you know that that's that's why it can take such a long time so we're you know we're battling the the lack of tech savviness we're battling the bureaucracy uh i i had a, a good friend of mine he's a uh, army guy oh no i'm sorry he's a navy guy and he said you know changing the culture in the federal government is like taking a q-tip and pushing a aircraft carrier and just turning it with a Q-tip. It's going to take some time. It's going to happen. And I'm one of those stubborn type of people that it's going to happen. Right. It's just going to take a minute. Do you see the day coming when uh, the federal government actually hires dedicated podcast producers whose job it is to facilitate, sometimes host, find the talent, put the shows together, pitch them, and promote the shows? Um, cause right now I'm going to guess that once you started doing the podcast, they didn't say, Oh, let, let us just take everything else off your desk. And that is your job. No, I mean, you, these are additional responsibilities that you've, um, mm -hmm. generously added to your already full plate. So how does that, how do you think that's going to develop? Do you think there's a time where they realize that podcasting has such a value internally and externally that they move to create positions that are focused just on it. It's funny you mentioned that because, um, I actually did a detail, uh, it's a temporary assignment, uh, mm -hmm. with our uh, public affairs division. And my whole job was to, uh, work on, uh, a podcast, uh, called CBP talks. And that podcast right. is, two or three episodes out right now um and so that was that was actually my job to do that unfortunately i was such a good employee and i had four programs on top of all these podcasts that i was holding down uh so and we had about two or three people find jobs in other agencies while i was on this detail so my boss uh wonderful person she said hey tim i i need you to come back i'm drowning and right. You know, again, we're a family, so I wasn't going to let her drown. Uh, the the, uh, the programs that I run are really important. Uh, financial wellness, telework, volunteerism, um, and a number of others. I wasn't going to let those just go by the wayside. So I came back. So it is starting to happen. Uh, most of the people that are doing it are in your public uh, uh, public affairs divisions. And they're doing the podcasting kind of on the side, uh, but they're also doing a lot of, uh, you know, Twitter posts, Facebook posts, YouTube posts, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's starting to happen. It, it Will it be a dedicated thing? I hope so. Um, we, we need to get a generation 
out before that happens, though. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking probably in the next 10 to 15 years, we will see. You will see when you go to USA Jobs, uh, where you get your federal jobs at. Um, there will be dedicated uh, positions for that. Also depends on budgets. You know, right. if, uh, you know if. I love it when people pay their taxes. Please continue to pay your taxes. <laughs> my salary. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and I have so, an expense. <laughs> right, right. Now, you mentioned that um, your department is um, adjacent to HR. Um, mm -hmm. Has there been any talk of HR using uh, podcasts as a way to interest people in working for the department, the federal government, and also as a as a part of the recruiting process there there is talks about it and, and, and they uh they they come and they talk to me about it and they look at what it takes to produce a really good podcast something that is going to really attract people into working for cbp right and a lot of them I'd say 95% of them don't have the skills to produce a good podcast. Even our public affairs division uh, that uh, that I did a uh, uh, that I did a, a detail with, they they discovered very quickly what it, they thought they could slap something together and put it out there. And I said, no, if it's going to have my name on it, it's not going to be slapped together, and and, and, and it's not going to be trash. It's going to be good. It's going to be quality. Right. And uh, so they don't have the staffing right now to produce that. And I'm only one guy. I mean, yeah, I'm a dad of twins and I, I do a million things, but I can only do so much. Uh, right, right. I, 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 do I see that in the future? Yes. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, uh, and it's, it's great that we're having this conversation right now because I'd been using my own equipment to produce all these podcasts. Right. Um, just off camera here, there's three big boxes. Uh, we've got microphones. We've got a, a PodTrack uh, P4. Uh, oh, so nice. you can give me a hundred bucks for that. <laughs> uh, headphones. We've got uh, windscreens. We've got uh, isolation uh, barriers. So that way, when I'm producing the podcast here, uh, you know, it's I, I'm not in a soundproof room. This is none right. of this is treated, but. I know how to fix things with software to make it sound like, oh yeah, Tim did this in a studio. Right, so right. that's uh, that that's kind of the thing with it. Uh, there are podcasts that are out there that are produced internally in CBP. That how do I put it politely? Um, they sound like they were done off of somebody's phone in the bathroom, and for me, I have a hard time listening to that. Right, for something right. that is, you know, not a audio and I'm not an audio engineer. I'm not an audio snob. It's just, it's almost unlistenable. And when it's unlistenable, you miss the message. Right. And right. The big thing is, can you understand the people? Bingo. That's number one is the content, what it needs to be. The content for a lot of these podcasts are, are good, but you can't understand them. And, um, and, and the format is, is the format good and solid Ross. Naturally you have a fantastic format. You know, you, you're, I need to get you in the federal government actually. 
<laughs> I hand you on this. I really do. But you know, their format is more of a uh, a Joe Rogan style format. Which there's nothing wrong with Joe Rogan. Hey, he makes a hundred million dollars. I'm not blasting that at all. But a lot of people with the, the sensitive topics that we talk about, so, uh, Joe Rogan talking about suicide prevention. I mm, I don't know. Not. Probably not. Probably not as you know best topic to talk about. But you know when we're talking about it, you know to our folks. We make sure that we've got good sound, good format, great content. That's the big thing. Right, right. And I, I know that you've talked about the technical side of of editing and putting the podcast together. Mm-hmm. What extra steps, uh, if any, do you have to take um, in reviewing the material edits because some information's too sensitive or some information might be harmful like I, I imagine that you have to go over it much more carefully than your own personal podcast to make sure that everything is aligned with the messaging and nothing's being put out there that either could be harmful to an employee or a listener but also may go beyond what the policy is of what we talk about publicly or what have you if you're part of the federal government yeah, absolutely. Well, it, being part of the federal government, uh, it, it, it's not that I don't have the same rights that you have, Ross. Mm-hmm. I have more responsibilities than you know what Ross has. I can say certain things, but I can't say other things because that's my job. Um, right. we, we do um, uh, what's uh, we we actually do uh, go through and do a lot of uh, what's called uh, information security uh, mm-hmm. or infosec. Um, we don't list any of the like with the suicide prevention podcast um we don't list uh any of the locations where the people work at it's not it, it's not germane to the story anyways right but we don't want the bad guys to know where these locations are we don't want the bad guys to be able to exploit that person or to um uh or to uh, bribe that person or harass that person in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, you know, with suicide prevention, uh, it's no locations, first names. Uh, we do have one where our leadership uh, had talked and weighed in about um, suicide prevention, and, you know, we gave their names, but they're used to being public-facing people anyways. Right. Uh, most of the people that we talk to are your average Joe and Jane people that, you know, do the job. Uh, the people that, you know, uh, our, our leaders love them to death. They can give me a pay raise anytime. Right. But, <laughs> but they're more used to dealing with the public. And that's more of a uh, a, uh, a presentation and a persona that they put on. And, and whereas we like to have the average guy in the street dealing with these issues. Uh, right. So, yeah, we do go through a lot more uh, scrutiny than we would on my on my personal podcast and even on my personal podcasts um i don't necessarily mention that i work for custom border protection because well create our podcast has nothing to do with cbp right uh, find a podcast about we i could review one of the podcasts i produce but that's not really uh, a fair thing to do right so. right so let's talk about your personal podcast. First of all, you have uh, Create Art Podcast. Uh, tell us um, when you started that and and how that's developed. So Create Art Podcast, uh, that's yeah, it's an interesting thing because it used to be um, 
KDOI podcast, Chemo's Den of Iniquity. My my nickname okay. is um, and then I had Dave Jackson review that old podcast and he said, What is KDOI? It sounds like a radio station. And <laughs> Yeah. And then he goes, Chemo's Den of Iniquity. Okay, that sounds like a BDSM kind of thing. Yeah. Like, well, it's not a radio station and it's not really BDSM. He's like, you know, the name needs to be simpler. And right. and he did this on his podcast. So this is out there for everybody. You know, you know, he, he called my baby ugly, and I was glad he did. Right. And then I thought, well, what is this podcast about? And it's about creating art. Now, why did I do that podcast? Well, because when I worked for the uh, United States Army as a civilian, um, there we used, uh, I was a, what's called the transition uh, coordinator. So I would help wounded, ill and injured uh, soldiers that were getting out of the uh, army uh, find employment. And uh, I thought a good way to do that, to be in communication with their families, because a lot of times they were shipped to our base their families weren't allowed to be with them uh, for whatever reason. You know, maybe they're over in Okinawa or they're over in Europe or something like that. Um, and I thought instead of you know, sending an email newsletter, let's have a podcast that features them and let's have them talk about their art therapy because I'm a big art guy. I'm a theater major right. way back in the day. And um, so I started you know, the KDOI podcast, which got turned into the Create Art podcast. Uh, mainly because of that. And, um, you know, everyone says, have your avatar. Mm -hmm. uh, my avatar, his picture is sitting right here. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He was one of the uh, soldiers that we lost. And so every time I do a, uh, a show for Create Our Podcast, he's sitting there right there with me and I do the show for him. If everyone else is listening, fantastic. Great. Wow. I hope you get something out of it. Uh, but I do it in memory of him yeah, each and every time. Uh, so that's how Creed Art Podcast got started up because people were like, hey, Tim, um, you know, I'm doing this art therapy. I'm, uh, you know, doing pen turning, you know, making pens out of, uh, out of wood or I'm drawing or I'm painting and I'm getting all this out. Mm. And I told him, you need to be in a gallery. You need to, you know, you need to market this. You know, yeah, I can help you get a federal job, but this is something that you're putting your passion into. Maybe it's a good side hustle for you to get in involved with. And, right. you know, th those guys and gals, they're very, very left brain. They're very, you know, art is, you know, artsy fartsy kind of stuff. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm an artist, right. you know, you can see it from, you know, my, uh, my walls here, you know, I'm an artist and uh, I'm not artsy fartsy. And I would explain to him what certain terms meant and all that kind of stuff. Right. That is just the fuel for the podcast. So, you know, it, it people's ignorance and ignorance is a good thing because if you're ignorant about something, you're open to be educated about it. And right. then you can use that ignorance into knowledge. Uh, and they were open to it. And, um, you know, my, my avatar, he listened uh, to uh, my podcast all the time. Uh, he, he would meet me in my office in the mornings and go, Hey Tim, that was a real stinker. <laughs> that was a bad <laughs> I'm like, yes, sir. It was, I'm sorry. He goes, make it better. Make it something that I'm proud to listen to. So that's why he's, that's your that. motivation. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk about this podcast where you help people oh. find other podcasts. <laughs> exactly. So find a podcast about, um, you know, we talk about discoverability uh, all the time. And, and even in federal podcasts, you know, discoverability is tough. 
And what I wanted to do here is to say, you know, I found this podcast um, and I want to share it with you. And, you know, I, I don't want you to go, hey, you know, just listen to this and go with it. I want to tell you why I enjoy this podcast. Love and Radio is one of them. I absolutely love that podcast. Why do I love it? Well, because of the stories that Nick uh, tells. Um, I have a whole script that I go through. It's a uh, 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 it's a three part show. So I give I give you the stats. If that's all you want is you know the stats of the show, fantastic. I'll give you the stats of the show. Um, you know how many episodes, uh, where you can find it at, uh, support pages, all right. that. Right. Uh, second half is I tell you, um, you know I I break it down into about five or six things that I like about the show: the sound quality, um, how the interaction uh, between uh, the uh, guests and the uh, host. Um. And I'll, I'll put in clips from the show. So you can actually listen to part of the show. And then the last part is why I think this is a good binge-worthy podcast. Um, now, there are other podcasts about podcasts that are out there. Some of you, some of them teach you how to do a, a good podcast. Um, a, a good a, one that I really love that I'm going to be interviewing him soon is uh, Harry Duran's Podcast Junkies, where he actually interviews podcasts, uh, right. podcasters. Um, and I've been on his show. Yay, Harry. You don't owe me a hundred bucks, Harry. Uh, maybe he does. But uh, but I wanted to take it farther than just, hey, I want to interview this guy and blah, blah, blah. I want to dissect the show and, and find out what makes it tick, why it's a good show, why I, I listen to it. I, I listen to about 150 podcasts. And people are going to say, but Tim, you have twins. You have a full-time job. You run nine podcasts. Yeah, but you know, sleep is an option. So, 150 are they weekly podcasts, monthly podcasts, daily podcasts, all of the above? <laughs> yes, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you listen on, you know, uh, two times speed or three times speed or 10 times speed? How do you, how do you listen to all those podcasts? Well, I, I listen to them on one time speed. I but... do too. I love to hear it as it's, recorded as it's meant to be recorded, edited and put out there something about, you know, I can do an audio book, speed it up, but a podcast is more uh, of a work of art and you miss the art in it when, you, when it's speeded up, then it's just like, give me the information. I'm not really connecting with the host. I'm not really feeling the emotion. So like I say, it works for an audio book because I mean, you're talking hundreds of pages, but for a podcast, no, nah, I want to spend those 30 minutes with the host and the guest. And... Mm -hmm. oh, I, I'm, the, I'm the same way with you. Now, when I'm editing a podcast, I'll listen to it at one and a half, maybe two times speed. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, for everyone out there, listen to Ross Brand only in one time speed because <laughs> I'm at two times speed. It is, it is a totally different person. And I've tried it before. Don't do that. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, just for me, I'm just, you know, you and I are of a certain age, right. you know, yeah, but we're handsome. So, and we do a lot of podcasts. There it is. There it is. Um, and I think I, from my radio background, I talk fast enough anyway. So, you know, me on two times, it'd just be a little too, too much, I think. Um, okay. So now I notice you're using, um, you're using PodPage for that website, which is really cool. And it's got, 
you've got the guest intake form up there. So are people actually submitting shows to you or are you open to people submitting shows or is this clearly like you go out, you found something that you want to share with other people and that's how the episode gets, gets made. I'm open uh, to other people, uh, you know, uh, either submitting their show. Uh, so any podcaster can come on there and uh, submit their show and say, Hey Tim, you know, listen to my show. Uh, I, I do warn people. I'm going to listen to the catalog. I'm going to listen to all your shows. Uh, right. Because with with the shows that I already have out there, um, I have listened to each and every episode of their show. And, um, you know, uh, with Harry Durant, he's got like 300 and some odd shows. He's adding it. You know, I'm like, Harry, can you, can you give me a break so I can get you on my show, please? Uh, Dave Jackson has done his show. Um, and uh, he, I did a podcast rodeo uh, on his uh, with his stuff. And he had you know hundreds of stuff. Uh, so anyone can do that. It may uh, take a while for that to happen, but I do welcome uh, folks to submit their shows. Or if um, you're you're a podcast listener out there that um, uh, that has a show that I haven't heard about before, and you go, "Hey, can you review Ross Brand's um, uh, golf announcement uh, with uh, with Tiger Woods show?" I was uh, walking to the. <laughs> Looking I was to make the putt on the green at uh, the Masters. But yeah, if somebody would get to submit that show, I'm going to listen to it, and I'll, and I'll uh, definitely let them know uh, what I think about it. And, and, and it's, it's got to be something that I find binge-worthy. And you know, I let people know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, A, it doesn't have to be perfect sound quality, but it's got to be decent. i got to be able to hear it, and right. it's got to have some good content. Uh, it's got to welcome people into it. Uh, you know, it's got to be very welcoming. And, you know, it, 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 some of the stuff is subjective. And I'll admit it, you know, is it something that I'm interested in? Great. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, back when I first started podcasting, I wasn't interested in monetization. Right. Now I'm like, monetization. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, How yeah. are they doing it? <laughs> what can I learn? How can I take that? Put well, it to I, use, you know, if if it's possible. Absolutely. Well, I figure if somebody has already invented the wheel, mm -hmm. why do I need to sweat and toil on it? If they have something that works, I want to find out about it and see if that's going to work for me. Now, maybe it's a square peg in a round hole, and I've got to adjust it a little bit. Okay, great. But yeah, I'm I'm open to to hearing about it for sure. Well, I think the area of monetization that's probably least talked about online is what you're doing, which is you're going to somebody who's who needs the skill set of a host or a producer, mm -hmm. has an intended audience either built or out there, and saying, can you create content for me for this audience? And that's rarely talked about. I mean, almost everybody talks about monetization in terms of what can they sell? How can they get advertisers? How can they grow a big audience? But people forget about the idea that, you know, not everybody is either able to or has the time to or the interest or passion to, to host their own show for their own brand or whatever. And there are organizations from the government to nonprofits to corporations that would be happy to hire somebody to do that. Um, it's just, you're not just building your own brand, you're building their brand. That's the, 
the trade-off, but in terms of monetizing, it's a very legitimate way. It's what people have done in radio and television for, you know, a century, right? They they go to a established brand and network or station, and their station has an audience, and they try and grow it, but they don't have to build it from scratch. And there's a budget, and there are uh, some 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 things in place already that you can leverage and not have to build or do all on your own. Absolutely. And, and, and there are a few people that can go out there and, and be the person, the jack of all trades. Am I the best audio engineer? No, there's people that have studied it for years and years and years that are way better than me. Uh, Chris Coran, uh, fantastic audio engineer, uh, Marcus DePaula, fantastic audio engineer. They, they can do circles around me, right? But can they, you know, believe in the brand, do this, do that, and, and do all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not in their wheelhouse. It's not in their interest to do right. that because they do one job and they do it fantastic. I've always been. Uh, my background is uh, is Air Force. I used to uh, work on C one thirty aircraft, and we did uh, a thing. And I was I was the spark chaser. I was the guy that uh, made sure that all anything that was powered uh, had had power to it. But we also needed to learn everybody else's job because in case somebody got unalived, you had to step in. So if an engine guy is out, I got to know how to make those engines run. If the right. avionics person is uh, feeling sick, I got to know you know how those avionics work so I can get that plane up in the air and that pilot home safe. Uh, and that's just the thing that I've always... When I was a kid in the Air Force, I was like, man, this is, you know, this is crap. And what have we got to learn all this kind of stuff? Right, and right. as a seasoned 50-year-old, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Because that is that is a way to market and brand yourself when you're looking to, uh, to break into this field. And that's quite honestly what the federal government is looking for when we're looking at bringing people in. That's what I'm looking for when when I'm bringing people in that are interested in the federal government. Yeah, don't specialize in one thing, right? Uh, because if I can pay you one price to do five things, I'm going to do that. Right. If I got to pay you one one price for one thing, and then I got to pay somebody else a price for that thing, and that's too much money. We we have a limited budget, and some some years it's big, some years it's not so big. Right. Some years we don't have a budget, so. I'm looking for people that, and and I don't want to get anyone uh, the, the understanding, uh, the uh, uh, misunderstanding that. Hi, I'm Tim Bryan. I'm going to hire you for the federal government. Not my position. <laughs> not my position. Uh, but I do know what people are looking for. I do know what those HR uh, folk are looking for when they're bringing people in. Those recruiters, they're looking for somebody that can yes do the job, but they can do everything around it as well. Uh, right. and all the uh, tasks with it as well. And if you can do that on your own and set up your own company and do that for other companies, why not? I used to work in the corporate America. I used to work for Verizon Wireless and T-Mobile. Those folks are looking for people like that and right. looking for podcasts. Uh, we have a, a grocery store uh, right down the street from here, a giant grocery store. I don't know if you have them up in New Jersey or not, but um, they have a podcast. Your grocery store has a podcast. <laughs> Your grocery store has a podcast. Come on now. You should be, if you're interested in live streaming and podcasting and all that, you need to be 
in their face and going, hey, listen, I can do this for you. I can do the whole thing. One person, done and done. Right. They have a big budget. They can do it. Michael's, um, at the art store, they have a podcast. Wow. Guess who's going to be an affiliate of Create Art Podcast? Right, right, right. Oh, no, it's it's makes total sense. Makes total sense. We we play right into it, and you know you can do with the local stores whatnot. But um, I, I would just encourage you know everybody here that's you know listening to Ross because Ross has a fantastic show. I listen to it as well. Um, I'm just going to encourage you all if if you have any interest in this, make it your brand. Make it make it be the person that can do it all and, and do it all well and, and, and make sure that you believe in the brand and, you know, the, the customer that you're working for and name your price is basically yeah. it. I, I think one of the advantages that online creators, podcasters, live streamers, YouTubers um, have is we saw it in the beginning of the pandemic when you saw TV reporters and anchors, uh, trying to broadcast from home and the audio was terrible and the video camera was off and, you know, they they maybe didn't have headphones and they were on some type of Skype session or something where they really needed it, you know, and you realize that, you know, even people who are making, in fact, probably more money they make and the higher they get, in in the business the more specialized they become and also what goes into a tv or radio station is so complicated at so many different levels um but if you want to get a broadcast together and do it online the people who are doing what we're doing know how to use the equipment they know what equipment to use they know how to set it up they know how to start the show they know how to choose some music for it they're probably, if they can't do a graphic, can probably recognize uh, a template or a, a graphic designer that is capable of, you know, doing something. In other words, they have this stack of skills that, you know, most people who are, are in the mainstream media really don't have because it wasn't required of them. I, I mean, when I worked in radio, I had no idea. I, I used whatever gear was in front of me. I... You know, nobody, I, I had no input on the business side of things. Um, you know, salespeople would say, if it's not for us, uh, you wouldn't have a job. And I said, if it's not for us, you wouldn't have anything to sell. <laughs> that is the truth. But other than that, you know, good-natured ribbing, uh, the business side was totally separate from editorial, which was totally separate from marketing and promotions and all that. I mean, everything was sort of uh, siloed away and you did what you were good at. Um, I worked at stations where I never touched the board or anything technical. I mean, mm -hmm. other than, than the cough button on my mic, I, I really, I just sat down and, you know, usually mm -hmm. like two seconds before the show would start so that I wouldn't sit there and get nervous. <laughs> but but my point is that in, in being an, an independent creator and doing this on your own, you actually have a skill set um, that one person can bring that most professionals in traditional media don't have because they weren't allowed to develop it 
or they didn't weren't able to develop it. Their shop may have been unionized. Their shop may have been split between editorial and the business side, what have you. And so they don't have uh, never had the ability or interest or time or whatever it was to learn all that. And so, you know, for helping out a business, consulting, a government organization, a nonprofit, uh, if they can get it all and one person can do it all capably, that's that's better than having one person who's a extreme expert in one area, uh, but doesn't have the the other skills needed to pull off the finished product. Exactly, and, and that's I mean that's really the message that I'm taking home from, you know what you're what you're saying, kind of seeing it through my own my own experiences. Um, now you did mention like people working for the federal government. That's a can you talk a little bit about the process for people? I know there's always there's always people looking for work. I, I have an HR background myself. Um, talk about the, the federal government and how um, people who are interested in, in, in working for one of the agencies or organizations can go about um, finding openings and getting on a, a list or getting an interview. Sure, absolutely. So uh, with everything with the federal government, uh, it's clear as mud. So, uh, and it's going to take forever to get in. You have tenacity with it. Uh, whenever I've been interviewed, they're, they're like, what, what's your strongest, uh, strongest suit? And I always say tenacity. I will not stop. I will not stop until I have the job or the job is done, whatever pro project it is. Um, your first step is to go to uh, USAjobs.gov, uh, uh, and uh, that, that's, that's the gateway in. Basically, you're going to uh, tailor your resume to match what that job opening is. And this goes for any job out there. This just makes sense for any job because when, when somebody puts out a job posting, it's your first test. Can you do A, B, C, and D? If your resume talks about all the wonderful things you you have done, but it doesn't mention A, B, C, or D, you're not getting the job. And don't be don't be shocked that you're not getting the job because you're not going to get that job because you haven't told them you haven't done A, B, C, and D. The federal government were a little bit more uh, uh, stringent on that because if it's not in your resume, it doesn't exist. So if it's not in your resume, you're telling us. No, I, I don't know how to do this. We can't pick you. Uh, there's different hiring authorities uh, with the federal government, and that can add points onto your uh, resume. So think about your resume as you know as points. Are you hitting A, B, C, and D? Okay, great. That's you know that's maybe a that's a that's a uh, that's a low B. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, if we're doing A, B, C, D, E, and F. it's scored by an individual. Right. Yes. It's not a, a tracking system, an automated system that scans for keywords. It's an actual individual that mm -hmm. checks whether your resume actually matches up. Right. Exactly. And that person is usually underpaid and very upset and very angry. So make it simple for them, please. <laughs> make it simple for them. You know, if they say, you know, I, I we need you to do A, B, C, and D, put it in that order on your resume. So that way they can check it off. And then, and that's what they're going to be checking for. Did they mention, you know, the big things that we're looking for? Great. You can mention the other stuff by all means, mention the other stuff, but make sure that you get your ABCs and Ds 
done first. Then after just that, to highlight something that you said before, if you need to pay your rent next week, don't think because you uploaded a resume uh, <laughs> that that that's going to be, hey, I, I can stop looking now. I can stop puzzling now. <laughs> um, when you said a long process, you're talking like months to years, right? I mean, absolutely. Uh, the, the job I currently have right now, uh, it uh, I had applied for it in January of 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got the interview July 1st of 2019. S six months. I'd already uh, have a, uh, a, 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 a secret background. Mm -hmm. So I already have the background check. Background check can take six months to a year. Just that part of it. Wow. I already, I already bring that in the door with me. So uh, in January, I'm sorry, uh, July 1st, I have that uh, interview. During uh, Indie PodCon, when it went out to uh, Atlantic City in September, right. I got a call during the conference. Hey, Tim, we need you to fill out uh, some uh, a little bit more paperwork. If you fill it out, you have the job. <laughs> so while you all were, you know, doing the conference uh, in the daytime, uh, and, you know, having a good night's sleep uh, in, in the casino. Uh, Mr. Tim here, <laughs> stuff out, not on my regular laptop, on the mini laptop that I brought with me. So, you know, and I'm luckily I keep stuff in the cloud. So I'm able to grab stuff and make that right, happen. Right. But every night I was doing that and they told me, and that was a Friday. They said by Monday, we need to have it. So while everyone is having a fun time at the conference and I was too. Right, right. I was doing that all night long. So that's, you know, I still have the bags under my eyes because of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're still waiting for that eight hours of makeup sleep. I'm still, absolutely. Absolutely. It enhances my handsomeness. I'm, I'm not as handsome as you, sir, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> it adds a little ruggedness, a little yeah. you've lived and been there. It, the it goes well with the otherwise youthful good looks, you know. I, I, I take my, my beauty lessons from you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but just think, okay, so Tim has already had a career in the federal right. government and I'm just going to another agency. And that took from January all the way until um, December 9th is when I started that job. December uh, uh, 9th of 2020, 2019. And of course, three months later, we have the pandemic and we shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, but it took a person with a, you know, I already had a background. I already had my, my secret uh, clearance. I already had stuff, you know, already set up. It took me about a year to get to that point to start my first day on the job. Wow. And then it took another, you know, until 2021 until we were starting really producing podcasts. Right, right. It is not. So that doesn't happen on day one either, just because there's a need for it. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the process a little bit. Okay, so you submit a resume, you fill mm -hmm. out your profile at the website, yep. USA, uh, usajobs.gov. usajobs.gov. USAjobs.gov, mm -hmm. easy for me to say. Okay, so you fill out you, you, your, your profile, you upload your resume. And you pass that first level. Somebody checks the mm -hmm. 
the resume and you meet enough of the qualifications that you go on to another mm -hmm. round. Is yep. that where you get an interview or you get sent for a test or what, what, what happens at that, after that stage? At, at that point, uh, unless you're a disabled veteran mm -hmm. uh, or, or somebody with a disability, with the, because remember, they get extra points added to their resume. So you, you pray to whatever deity that you believe in that none of those people have applied to, to, to get in front of you. And, and you get that interview. And now, if you are a person with a disability, then you want to make sure that you're including that into your application uh, and, 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 and all that. Um, uh, veterans, people with disabilities, and disabilities can be a simple thing like tinnitus. Mm -hmm. It's a documented disability. So make sure you're doing that. Uh, if you're a if you're a veteran with no disabilities, you get points. If you're a veteran with disabilities, and I'm a veteran, uh, I'm rated at ninety percent. Um, I get a lot of points. You know, it, I'm the first in the line every time. So, so disability it, doesn't mean you're out on disability, like you're unable to work because of it. It means you have a condition that may need accommodation or sure, right. absolutely, absolutely. So uh, let's say. You know, none of that applies to you. You got in. Tim didn't apply before you. So just, you know, <laughs> the gods that I didn't apply before you. And, uh, and and you get that interview. Now, they're going to ask you, uh, you know, questions about, uh, you know, just the questions that they ask you are um, situation action result questions. So they're going to mm -hmm. give you a situation and they're going to ask you, you know, have you dealt with, you um, really lazy people in your work environment and how did you resolve the situation and you're going to go situate what the situation was the action that you took and the result that you took and then they're obviously going to ask you what's your strengths what's your weaknesses and uh, the strengths are easy that's you know we all have strengths that we know of that we can pull out of the, our hat right, right. Uh, mine is tenacity and people really like that one but my weakness is I have a hard time working in a team because I want everyone to be at my level and I have a hard time turning in work that is not at a level I feel um, is worthy of my signature, but I am working on it and here's how I'm working on it. Hmm. So yes, it is a weakness, but I'm working on it and here's how I'm getting better with it. Slam dunk. It's, a great, it's a great answer. Um, I remember the days like when I was coming out of college or in my 20s or whatever, where the advice was always, well, give them a strength disguise. Like, I care too much. I love too much. I, I work so hard that sometimes I forget to take my vacation or a weekend or whatever. Like, now everybody knows that's a BS answer. It has to be actually a weakness that you're in touch with. But the other part, as you said, that's so important to highlight, if you're working on it, that's what they want to see that you're able to identify something that could be a problem in the mm -hmm. workforce. But here are the steps that I'm taking so that it won't be a problem for you when you hire me, <laughs> exactly. or it'll be much less of a problem than it would be for most people or what have you. Well, when I first, and also got... that you're honest, because again, yeah. the, I love too much. I care too much. I work too hard. Uh, mm. you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't do anything, but 110% from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep. Like nobody mm. believes that 
right? So it, you you're losing the maybe people believed that in 1994, but in in, in any experienced I, HR person in the in, in this century knows that that was something that somebody read in a self help book and decided to throw in, and uh, it's not true, and they're not being genuine with it. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, and a lot of HR people are trained to see that now. Right. Yeah. Maybe they weren't trained in 94 or 84, but they're trained to see that now. And, and, and they're going to go, hmm. So e even what I say has changed over the years. Uh, and, and uh, you know, because I do have weaknesses. You know? right. and, and the big thing is working on those weaknesses. Um, with my first federal job, uh, I worked for the uh, Veterans Administration. And I, I had gone into default with my student loans because a degree in theater is a degree that, you know, gets you into McDonald's. Right, right. <laughs> Would you like fries with that? And so I defaulted my student loans, but I had a plan to pay it back. And I contacted my creditor and, and, mm -hmm. and we were doing a payment plan. And uh, the person who did my background check, uh, they saw that and they were like, thank you for being honest about that because, you know, I, I don't even have to ask you about it. I contacted your creditor already. I wanted to see what you were going to say. And if you didn't say any of that, you were not getting this job. And, you know, that, that was fantastic. It also didn't hurt that the uh, guy that interviewed me was a, uh, air, uh, a, a prior service air force Colonel. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, when he, he said, you know, I'd like to offer you the job. Uh, well, before he said that, he was like, can I have you step outside? I want to talk to my team here. And uh, I stepped outside for five minutes and he comes in. He's like, I'd like to offer you the job. And I said, I'd like you guys to step outside for five minutes. I need to think about it. And, he, and he's like, you're serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Step outside. I need to think about this for five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, sir, I am kidding with you. I, 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 I'm enlisted. I you know, worked on C-130s. I had to screw with you. I'm sorry. I had to screw with you. Loved working with the guy. Fantastic. You know, he was like five levels above me, but he and I had a great, you know, great rapport with him. He probably that, never so. forgot you after that. Never forgot me after that. No, absolutely not. It was a little bit of a risk, but because, uh, you know, when you get that offer, then it's like you shut up, don't do anything wrong. So, so um, okay, so that's you went over a little bit of the interviewing. What else is in the process that people should be aware of before they apply or as they're going sure. along? They're going to do a background check. They're going to check you out, uh, depending on what your uh, clearance level is going to be. Uh, it's, you know, there's multiple levels, uh, top secret, secret. Uh, there's one uh, called public trust or NACI, not to get more acronyms at you, but we'll just call it public trust. Right. Uh, so they're, they're going to check your finances. They're going to check your friends. Uh, they're going to see if somebody can exploit you. If somebody can, and there are people that get in uh, at CBP, we have a thing called the wall of shame. And that's where uh, agents or, you know, not even agents, other people were bribed. Maybe they were having some financial issues. Maybe they got caught doing something that they shouldn't have done, or they got set up in a situation right. that they shouldn't have got set up with. And now they're being uh, exploited that way. Um, so they're going to check to see if you can be exploited uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. The big thing is, like during that uh, that uh, convention, get the paperwork in. If they're doing a background check and they say get it in on Monday and it's Friday and you're going to uh, you know uh, you know uh, Super Joe Pardo's uh, Indie PodCon, get it in. 
it's right. more important that you get love super Joe. Mm -hmm. It's important you get the paperwork in because we are not going to wait for you because guess what? There's five other people. Don't miss the deadline. <laughs> yeah. Don't miss it. And if you have to miss the deadline, make sure you have the person's phone number and call them as soon as you can and go, listen, you know, whatever, whatever is going to make you miss that deadline, let them know, ask them if you can have an extension. They're human beings. They understand, but they're also under a time crunch. So right. when I, when people ask me, Hey Tim, how long does it do? Uh, how long does it take to make a podcast for the federal government? I always do the, um, uh, for every one minute of recording, it takes me eight minutes of editing. In reality, it takes me four minutes of editing for one minute of recording. So, you know, I let, I give them uh, that cushion and the people that are going to bring you in, they need a cushion too. And they right. understand what's going to happen, but they're going to say, turn it in on Monday. They probably don't need it until the next Friday. Right. But if they can get it done and get a day off from work, yeah, why not? Go for it. You know, that's right. one less thing for them to do. So do them a favor. Now, are you applying for, when you apply through the system or you submit your resume, are you applying for a specific job at a specific location with a specific manager or are you applying for a specific class of job, uh, whether it's one specific title or it's a bunch of jobs that fit a category? Like, how does that, that work? And in particular, if you don't get the job that you interview for, um, is there a chance that your resume will get picked up by somebody hiring for that same position uh, in a different department, a different location, uh, maybe at the desk next door to the one where you didn't get the job or something like that? Like, what's mm -hmm. the what's the relationship between your application and where you might end up well there's uh 435 agencies uh in the federal on on, on the executive side uh, in the federal government so when you're applying you're going to be applying for a specific job in a specific location usually there are some jobs out there that uh they're they're doing it for multiple locations and you you'll choose which location is your you know your your preferred one right but let's say you get that job and it's not your preferred one. Let's say, you know, you, you want to work in Palm Beach right. and you get put out in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And it's up to you. Do you want to take the job or not? Do you want to move out to Wyoming or not? I'm sure Wyoming is fantastic, uh, but I would not want to move out to Wyoming. Uh, Palm Beach, I might want to move out to. But that's what you're applying for in, in those certain, certain uh, circumstances. Mostly you're applying for, you know, where you're going to be working at, um, you know, and you know, the agency and the department, and that's all listed out for you in the job posting. Um, now, does, can somebody take that resume and go, hey, Joe, I got this guy here that, you know, he's got a really good resume. I want you to take a look at it. Not officially. They can't do that. Mm -hmm. they, 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 it's, it's illegal for us to do that because that's giving you an unfair advantage it's you know it's not public knowledge that it's passing on so people won't do that do people talk absolutely they talk so that would be kind of a, a backhanded way to get into it does it work about one time out of a million so oh, I, it I, doesn't work very often huh 
Yeah, no. It, not it's not like that person says, you know, you're not going to get this job, but uh, maybe you want to submit an application for this one. Uh, but they could, you could do that anyway, and you're still going to the back of the line, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if the you know if the hiring manager says, hey, you know, th this isn't going to work out for us, but we are hiring over here. Go apply over there for that job if you haven't done it already. That's fair to do as long as it, that job is posted publicly. Right. Right. Um, you know, if it's posted publicly, great. If it's not. That's a no-no, and they they are not going to do that because then once you get in the federal government, the pay is not fantastic, but um, it's pretty good. The benefits are pretty good, and it's pretty consistent. Even in you know these days of having furloughs every couple of uh, months or you know years, right? Uh, you know, I can still count count on having a paycheck uh, every other Monday deposited into my account. So it makes right. me happy. Yeah. Um how has the government changed its approach to uh, remote working in now that the pandemic is no longer considered an emergency and so forth? Are they mm -hmm. more open to employees remote working or more jobs listed as remote or most people coming on going to have to work at a physical location and then down the line, maybe remote is negotiated with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a supervisor or something like that. It's a lot better than what it used to be. Uh, the pandemic taught us a lot of great lessons. So in the pandemic, we, you know, most everybody was working uh, remote. Uh, and now a lot of the uh, buildings have opened up. Um, uh, I work in the national capital region uh, near D.C. So there's a lot of people going back to work up there because they like to see people's faces. Right, right. Um, when you're applying, it will say on there if it's, on site means you got to go in right. hybrid, which you can you know work from home for a couple of days out of the week and then come into the uh, thing or fully remote it'll say right on there uh, i would say go for the hybrid if if telework and that work-life balance is important to you go for a hybrid where you go in a couple of times uh, maybe our, our pay periods are two weeks so you'd go in, you know, a couple of times uh, within that two-week pay period, and, and you would be mm -hmm. fine. You can negotiate that to where you can uh, be teleworking four days out of the week, and then go in one day out of the week. You know, it really depends on what the uh, agency needs, what that office needs you in there for. What do you see the advantages of being hybrid versus being completely remote? Well, hybrid it helps because. I know here in CBP, I said earlier, we're top heavy. So working in a headquarters type facility here in, uh, in DC, it's good that people sees people see your face. Uh, you know, our, our leadership is older, you know, they're, they're not young spring chickens like we are, Ross. They really <laughs> are they're not as we are. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, they need right. a lot of work. That's why they should do podcasting because they have faces for podcasting. <laughs> but uh, and that's a generational thing, you know. They're they're uh, they're the you know, the boomers are not used to this kind of stuff, you know. Right. And, and and it's and it's difficult to manage people when they're teleworking, mm -hmm. uh, and they don't know how to do that. And it's trying to teach an old dog a new trick. Right. Uh, I think when that generation finally moves out and is retired 
then you're going to see us Gen Xers kind of, you know, and not all of us Gen Xers are about remote work either. Uh, right. But more of us are uh, the next generations below us. You're definitely going to see more work-life balance. Right. Uh, and things like that. So that's, you know, so the future looks really bright for that kind of stuff. Right now, today, as we sit here in 2023, yeah, we're, we're, we're allowing it to happen more. Uh, than we did beforehand, but um, people still are not. I, I I think hybrid is the best because you get your face in there, and when you get your face in there, then you can you can talk that boomer language right. versus <laughs> Gen X language versus Gen Y language or millennials. Right, and stuff. right. Because so, really everything's tracked, everything's online, like it doesn't really matter that much anymore in terms of productivity, whether someone's at home or they're at the office. In fact, there are fewer distractions when they're at home. Um, but I do think it's good for people to see people in action too. Like I would sure. probably choose hybrid if I, in the ideal circumstance, I also enjoy being around people that I work with most not 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 necessarily five to seven days a week but at least once or twice a week you know to come in and and break out of that isolation and you know kind of get a sense of what people are really about and doing and you know just exchange ideas in a way that's a little different than doing it on a zoom meeting or something like that exactly well and the beauty of you know the the telework is that like in my immediate team, we have somebody in uh, Buffalo, New York. We have another person in Minnesota. Uh, and then myself and my boss, we're here in the uh, national capital region. Um, we have a person that uh, she's leaving us. Uh, she uh, lives in Maryland. So we can get the best and brightest from around the country without having to disrupt their home life. They don't have to move to DC because DC is expensive. Virginia right, is expensive. Right. Jersey is, you know, expensive. it's expensive. <laughs> but, uh, and they don't let me pump my own gas in Jersey. You know, yeah. I, I'm going to have a talk with you guys about that. It's a, uh, we see it as a privilege, not a, oh, okay. <laughs> a <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice when it's uh, really, really freezing cold out that you don't have to get out of your car. I agree. I, I feel bad for those guys. Yeah, this is a whole other life. Hey, it's that. a job. It's a job. I mean, that's part of the idea, right? I mean, it's a job that we exactly. don't want to take away from people. Yeah. Um, be, do you have a couple more minutes before we wrap up? You want to Free check time. out a new StreamYard feature that's here? Yeah. It's video backgrounds. And um, I'm just going to try one and see what it looks like. Ooh. It matches um, my so now is it moving <laughs> well um a little bit it, it, and it could be me uh, because i was exposed to a lot of chemicals in the air force so no it is moving it is moving okay good Oof, then it's not me. but Oof. but it's very subtle it is so, this one's called blue ocean let's see what else we okay so that's back oh that's back to just plain black i guess Oh, okay. So you can turn it on. You can turn it off and go back to just the plain black or go back to what I had before uh, mm -hmm. and then back to blue ocean. All right. Let me, let me try another one. Uh, video backgrounds. 
This one's a yellowish color. Ooh, that's harsh. Uh, yeah. Put your shades on. Hold on. Uh, you can glasses? see now this, I can more easily see the line down at the bottom moving. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a subtle, it's a subtle motion. Mm -hmm. um, let me see what else. So that's That one's called Golden Sunset, just in case you want to keep track at home. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see. Okay, so this one's called Bubbles Dark. I don't see the bubbles, do you? I see like, you know, like diamonds kind of rounded off in the back there. Yeah. I, right. I like it because it's, you know, really dark and matches my shirt nicely. Yeah. I'm going to check my. Um... It's very slimming. It, not that we need <laughs> it at all. It's very, it's for other, you know, live streamers that need to, you know, have a little extra there. So. I did have a video background that I made myself, but I don't think I have it handy. Um, it would be fun to try that out. Um, let me see real quick if I have that. Probably not. Um, ba -ba 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 studio, 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 studio. Oh, I would need a green screen for that one. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So let's try one more. Uh, it's Halloween's coming. That's very Halloween. That is awesome. This one's called Orange Waves. So we have we've seen Blue Ocean, Gold. Just just a review for those of you keeping score at home, ladies and gentlemen. We have Blue Ocean, mm -hmm. Golden Sunset. Blue Ocean is very subtle. Very subtle. Very subtle. It's almost subliminal. Uh, golden golden sunset has a little more motion. Mm -hmm. Bubbles dark. Um, I guess it. Maybe it's my eyesight, but I just don't see the bubbles. And then orange wave is perfect for Halloween. It's almost like a little spooky the way both sides are waving at the same time. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, like some, some things I saw in the seventies. You know. <laughs> it's a '70s painting for me. Riding that wave, man. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, this one is called Tilting Tiles. Okay. Yeah, I see them moving. They're moving. They yeah. We have movement. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, you see. This should be, this is dark particles. Now, these that, are moving. Yeah. This one, I didn't see the bubbles, but the yeah. dark particles. Um, yes. That's so that is moving, and I think there's like maybe one or two more that I didn't try. Let's try this one. This is Ooh. pink waves. Yeah. If I that, had long flowing hair, this would be <laughs> that would be your look. Then that would look. I would use this if I had hair. Um, and then we have uh, orange ocean. I'm allergic to oranges, so I probably wouldn't use that one. <laughs> That's orange wave. And this one is golden sunset. Um, and that one is blue ocean. Anyway, it's fun Excellent. checking that out. So uh, you're probably one of the first to uh, play around with it. It's a new feature. You can upload your own background, which will be cool. Um, mm -hmm. I do have or can find uh, some motion backgrounds online and try some, some different things. Um, very cool. You, one of the things you, either they've built, they, I think they probably built into it now, but one of the issues people had the first go around when, when tried is 
that loop where it comes to the end of the video and then there's this hitch before it starts replaying again. So clearly yeah. in those that they've they've provided, that <laughs> that issue is solved. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure they've come up with a way to do it when I mm -hmm. upload my own 10 second or what have you video. Uh, sure, absolutely. But anyway. Well, say, uh, uh, you, with StreamYard, it, it, they have great, because uh, I see them on Facebook all the time. And when when I see a question in their Facebook groups, I see people, you know, get answers from big wigs at StreamYard all the time. And so um, I need, honestly, I need to get back into StreamYard myself. I've, I've, I've been away. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, Godfather. I will. I will uh, make my sins go away. <laughs> uh, it's always fun using Streamyard. If you have any questions, definitely uh, reach out to the team. But I'm here as well, and you know we can we can troubleshoot together as we've done in the past with other things. So, Tim, thank you so much. It was a great discussion. Um, I'm really psyched about what you're doing with podcasting, both for the government and on your own. Uh, and keep up the great work. Createartpodcast.com is the website. Is there anywhere else you, you want people to connect with you? Uh, that's the best website to get me. That's my flagship, uh, as I like to call it, uh, my flagship website. Uh, you can email me uh, at, uh, at uh, timothy at createartpodcast.com. Um, I'm really easy to find socially. My, my, my mug, because I'm so handsome, not as handsome <laughs> as Ross, my mug is out there uh, in a lot of different places. Some places I don't want it out there at, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am out there. That's the best way to get a hold of me. And I'm more than happy to uh, answer questions or help you out. Uh, not only with creativity, but if you're interested in podcasting or, or, or the like, uh, I also run a, uh, a podcast meetup here locally in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. So, uh, my, my big thing is give, 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 eventually something will come back my way. And it already has just by having a friendship with you, Ross, and, you know, all the things that I've given out and it's come back full circle to me. Just, just these connections that we have, Yeah, that's all I need to keep moving and keep motivated and keep going. Well, it's so great having you on Tim, Brian, check them out. Createartpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us on brand on broadcasting, Tim. Thank you. All right. That is Tim Bryan. Again, check him out. Create Art Podcast. This is Brand on Broadcasting. You can find all of our shows and links to the episodes and everything else you need at LivestreamUniverse.com slash shows. LivestreamUniverse.com slash shows. Have a great day, everybody.